1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hey everybody, welcome to How To Tuesday this week. We're embarking on a three-part series on permit fishing. So I wanted to, to include some experts. And one of the first people that I thought about was my friend, Captain Nick Labate down in Key West. As most people know, Key West is pretty much the epicenter of permit fishing. And Nick is on the cutting edge. And so today, Nick, we're, we're talking about kind of an overview as we start to get into this three-part series on permit and helping people to to be able to um, book their trip to come down to see people like you and and just just have a little more knowledge in the process and and be able to find exactly what they're looking for because as you know there are a lot of different ways to catch a permit and so what I wanted to do with you is just kind of go over just a few things that kind of give an overview. And I, I love permit. They're my favorite. They're my favorite fish. And I know you like them too. What is it that you like the most about permit? Um, I, my favorite thing and probably why I'm so attracted to them is just, they're so challenging. Um, uh, at least on the flats anyway, they're just such a, a hard, a hard fish to, to target. And, um, just, it's not something where you can just kind of walk in there and, you're going to, you know, go catch a permit today. It's, you really have to go through, you know, certain steps to accomplish a, a very big goal, which would be catching, you know, a permit, which is a pretty big deal to a lot of people. Um, of course, you know, you have, you know, deeper water permit, like offshore and stuff like that, which uh, may not be a, as difficult as a, uh, as a flats permit, um, but it's still a great fish. Um, sure. but yeah, just they're, they're, they're incredible. I yeah, just, and I'm, I'm addicted to them. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love them. And in the Florida Keys, we're lucky enough to have basically every situation that you can find a permit in is available in the Florida Keys. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that's probably the best about our fishery down there, but it's also, it also kind of gets some people to be a little bit confused. Like, do you want to fly fish for them? Do you want to spin fish for them? Do you want mm -hmm. to go offshore? Do you want to, you know, fish off structure? Like what, are you just trying to catch one anyway? You've just never caught one. So that's kind of what we're, we're going for on this deal. So 
the easiest way for me to kind of break it down for people is that each of the fish that we fish for in the Florida Keys kind of has its best seasons, its best times of the year, its best tides. Mm-hmm. So I have my opinions on that. I'd like to hear what you think about how you kind of lay out the year as far as just strictly permit or concerned, what you think are the best times, kind of the off times, the shoulders. What mm-hmm. do you what do you normally tell people? Um, so one of the awesome things about permit fishing is it truly is a year round fishery down here in Key West. Um, whereas, you know, the dead of winter, you, you wouldn't really be that good for tarpon or bonefish or whatever it is, but the permit don't necessarily mind the temperature changes as much as other fish that I've found. Um, now with that being said, of course, Tom, there are times a year that are better. Um, a lot of people like, uh, what I guess would call pre-spawn, which would kind of be around March, uh, permit go offshore and spawn in April, um, which I guess you could say would probably be the one month out of the year that I wouldn't recommend coming down to get them on the flats. Uh, we definitely mm-hmm. do have some fish around, um, but generally speaking, most of the population is going to be offshore spawning. Um, but again, that is a great time of year to just go catch permit in general because they're in big school spawning. Yeah. Uh, but just don't really expect on uh, catching them inshore. Yeah. And then how do you um, see the year progressing kind of after the, after the spawn and they leave in April and then, then they kind of are, yeah, are pretty, gradually yeah, coming back. Start, yeah. They're, they're trickling back in by the time May rolls around, um, just kind of depending on the moon phases, but by, by June, um, everyone's back in town. And I really do love summer fishing for permit. Um, as much as everyone likes the springtime, I don't know. There's something about June through the first cold front in October, November. That's just, I don't know, probably just the, the generally lighter winds and the, your flat, beautiful, you know, summer days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding those tailing fish and stuff like that. Um, again, all year round, but I do like summer. If, if I had to pick a time, I would probably say you know, July, August, September. Really? And then, you know, one thing for the traveling angler is that, you know, a lot of people, like you say, are really targeting that pre-spawn kind of March, uh, even mm-hmm. even late February, March timeframe. And, and the fish are very aggressive and they are, you do see a lot of them. But one thing that, you know, you mentioned that the permit is tolerates cold weather a little bit better than many of the other fish that we fish for, but still a cold front can really throw you for a throw, throw you for a loop. So while you're getting some of the best fishing, I mean, would you agree with this, that while you're getting some of the best fishing in February and March, you could also have some of the worst fishing because if you hit one of those serious cold fronts, the fish vacate the flats and just like every, every other fish. And if you're the traveling yeah, that's, angler, that's you may on. be unlucky enough to be there on those days where it just got really cold and and mm-hmm. you just missed it. And the next guy gets it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the tough part about, you know, booking trips so far in advance. And I do the same thing when I when I book guided trips elsewhere. It's just you never know what the weather's gonna be, you know, four months down the road and you really just gotta hope for the best. Right. Um but if you do kind of, you know, um pick the, the seasons that could be a little bit nicer. Like we were saying, like summer, you know, obviously a lot less of a chance you're going to come smack dab in the middle of a cold front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely kind of help your chances a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We're definitely on the same page there. And then as you see the first uh, couple of cold fronts coming through, 
how does that affect your fishing? I mean, right now we were talking just before this about how warm the water was and you haven't really had significant cold fronts this year and we're already in December. So um, how does it happen when, when you do start getting those first big cold fronts? How does that affect your fishing? Um, so just like you mentioned earlier, um, when it does get, you know, cooler, you get that, that, uh, quicker temperature change and that water kind of starts to get into the, you know, low seventies or, or high sixties. Um, they, they do definitely, I, I'm not sure exactly where they go. We can all kind of speculate, <laughs> but they're, they're definitely Somewhere not on flats, you know, they're <laughs> in, in the, in the deeper channels or they're heading out, you know, into the Gulf or the Atlantic and just somewhere where they can get warmer. Um, there, there's, um, still a chance that you can go out there mid cold front and, and you, you'll still find a couple fish up on the flats if you know where to look, but those are just those tough days where you're, you know, you're only going to get, you know, two or three shots yeah. all day long. And, um, it just really, really makes it difficult, but, yeah. um, but as that progresses you know, they, and you start having, uh, you know, kind of weekly cold fronts for a little while, uh, you're, you're seeing this kind of cooling off, warming up trend and, and the fish are, I always found that the, the permit were one of the first fish to come back on the flats. And then maybe the barracuda might be first, the permit, you know, you start seeing some, some action there. And then, you know, as it warms up even more, you know, maybe they're the bone fish, but I always mm-hmm. kind of thought that about the permit, that they were one of the first people to people fish to come back on the flats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. And, um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they, they really, um, don't really get as shaken up with those quick water temperature changes as like tarpon and bonefish, which those two species in themselves are, are very closely related. And I think that kind of correlates to them being little sissies about the cooler water, but, uh, yeah, something about them, just, you know, big, tough fish and they just doesn't really seem to bother them. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, but, so now let's, uh, you know, one of the questions that, that I would get most frequently is, um, you know, I'm what tide should I book? And, and that's a really tough one for a guide because you're, you're going anyway and you're going and you're usually finding fish. And I would usually say, you know, I would rather pick a good time of the year and, and fish at whatever tide is available than, trying to come in, you know, December and catch a, catch a permit or January and catch a permit on the best tides. You may luck into mm-hmm. the good weather, but you also might have a cold front. So when pressed, yeah. I would say that I'm looking for a tide of 1.5 or higher that happens sometime between 10 and two early in the week so that you actually have some water to fish on the flats, right? Like, they're not going to be there if there's no water there. So, I mean, if pressed, but then you have to start going into explaining the tidal difference between the ocean and the back country. And yeah, there, there's good- so, there's so many moving parts and it's, uh, it's, it's really tough to, I, I can't say that there's one perfect tide, um, or, or moon phase or whatever it is. I guess if I had to, you know, generally speaking, you know, the bigger, the bigger moons definitely won't hurt. But, um, it, it really has a lot to do more with the conditions and what's going on than the tide. Um, like as far as limiting factors go to the equation of a successful day of permit fishing, the biggest thing is sunshine, which you have no idea whether you're going to get, 
or not, no matter what time of year it is. And uh, from there, you know, tides are a big deal and stuff like that. Wind really, really doesn't bother me. I don't really worry about the wind because whether it's glass calm or blowing 20, they're, they're, they both could be great days of permit fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, if you really wanted to worry about it, you know, a bigger, a bigger moon phase wouldn't hurt, which is kind of going to be those bigger tides, like you were saying, you know, at least a 1.5 or higher. But um, there, there's some spots where, um, or some days or some conditions where you really want, you know, one tide, and you're not going to get it or it, it really doesn't matter. Those fish are just going to be there all day long and you can kind of just follow them up onto the flat and follow them off it. Right. Um, it's just w- one of those things I really wouldn't get too worked up about. Okay. That's excellent <laughs> advice for somebody trying to book a trip. Now, there are a lot of different types of guides. There are a lot of different types of boats. There's a lot of different types of fishing for permit. Um, can you go through um, like a fly fishing guide? What kind of what kind of boat is somebody that wants to catch a, a permit on fly? One of the 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 big eliminating factors, like you want to fish with with somebody that is fishing out of a technical fly fishing skiff for for the most part. If you're going to fly fish for permit, right? Yeah, if if you're going to fly fish for permit you, on the flats anyway, you you definitely do want to be in a polling skiff. And and I've spent a lot of time in both a bay boat with a trolling motor chasing permit in, in both a polling skiff and, and you can, you can catch them in both. Um, but if, if you are fly fishing, you definitely do want to be again in a polling skiff. Um, there's just so much more that goes in to, to getting that shot on a fly rod. You know, that angle has got to be perfect. Sometime that fish is coming and you just got to kind of kick the boat one way or the other. And you can do that quietly with a push pole to get that angle for that fly shot. But if you're up there with a trolling motor and you start trying to turn the boat real quick while you're on the flat, you know, those fish are just going to blow out right away. Whereas if you're up there in a bay boat with a trolling motor with a live crab, you can chuck that thing wherever you want, whenever you want. And, right. uh, you know, it's, it's still going to be a lot quieter on a polling skiff. I think if you're chasing them on the flats, that's, definitely the way to do it but it's definitely not impossible on a bay boat with a trolling motor right i've caught a ton of them doing that right and so that that's obviously something that people should look into is like if you have a if you have a guide's rec, a recommendation for a guide he he could be a great fishing guide wonderful person awesome fishing guide but might not be doing the kind of fishing that you want to do like if you're a hundred percent fly guy you probably, you know, you want to look for a guide that is fishing the way that you want to fish. So yeah, I always yeah, talk definitely. so much they're, they're, about uh, communication with anglers and guides. As you're putting yourself in a position of a traveling angler and you are a guy that only wants to fly fish for permit, what kind of questions do you need to ask your prospective guide? Um... If, if you if you don't know what you're getting into and you've never done it before, um, I guess the biggest thing would kind of ask your guide what he, he would expect you bring to the table. Um, definitely, you want to have a pretty good cast on you. Uh, they are probably one of the most challenging fish 
in the world, at least in my opinion, to catch on a fly rod. Uh, they don't give any second chances, and, and you really do got to bring your A game if you if you want to have a good shot at it. And just uh, say, are there any things I sh- anything I should practice, or what what am I kind of getting into? Um, but but really just just practice i guess this is the biggest thing i can say and there's there's no there's nothing that you can do in the park or in the backyard that's going to kind of prepare you for the for the in those moment situations where you're dealing with you know line management and fish coming at certain angles and stuff like that so it really is just you know time and getting out there and doing it and kind of going through the steps and and learning what what it actually takes to to get it done right that's excellent because it, it's as big a responsibility for the angler to come prepared as it is really for the guide because you know if you can't make the cast it's not going to happen yeah when yeah when you're up there they're fly fishing i think i, I told you this uh, last time we were together it really is kind of like a, a romantic experience it is two people you know, doing this dance on the flats where you got the guy on the front of the boat and he's the arms and you got the guy on the back and he's the eyes and you two are really working together in unison to uh, accomplish this incredible feat. And when it all comes together, of course, it's awesome. But I think what I love about it more than the accomplishment is the challenge. It is just so hard, so hard to do. Yeah. Um, just everything really has to come together and you both got to really be you know, just on your toes. And right. uh, it's just just that kind of fishing that I really love to do. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so there are obviously a lot of people that have websites and things like that that advertise that they fish for permit. We're fishing for them in a lot of different ways. If uh, So what I was kind of going for just a minute ago was if if you're looking at a bunch of different websites for fishing guides, how are you to determine that one guy is a really good fly fishing guide versus somebody that is a guy that catches a lot of permit? And there are two different things and both have a lot of skill involved with them. And one is not necessarily better than the other, but one is better for a specialist than the other. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that, that is a tough one. Um, again, kind of like we touched base on earlier um, for your fly fishing stuff, you, you definitely want to at least make sure that your guides in a polling skiff um that's really going to help you out a lot now just because they're in a skiff doesn't mean that they strictly do fly trips there's a lot of um hardcore fly guys down here that just dedicate their whole life to just fly fishing for these species and a lot of them kind of advertise that and you can see it you know on their website or whatever and and just kind of talk to them a little bit and just make sure that yeah you know they do do fly fishing trips um, another great resource down here when, when you can't really find a good guide is, um, uh, the angling company. They, uh, they're the fly shop down here in Key West and they work with some really good guides and, uh, you can just give them a call and say, Hey, I'm looking for this. And they kind of know everybody and say, okay, I'm going to get you with the right guide. And, um, once you kind of, like you're saying, kind of get out of the fly fishing and you just want to, I want to go down and catch a permit. I don't care how it happens. Um, then I don't, uh, it's, that's, t- it's tough to find a good guy just online, you know, I guess word of mouth, yeah. uh, ask around, you know, ask a couple people. And if, um, you have a couple people kind of say, oh, you know, I've fished with this guy before or I fished with this guy a couple times and he knows what he's doing. Then, 
I mean, that can help you out. But because uh, I do the same thing when I book trips in places, it's I'm wondering, man, <laughs> is this guide going to be any good? Right. You know, it's just you, you, you never really know. You don't. It's just tough. But you don't know. But um, you can certainly you can certainly help yourself out by asking some of the right questions. And, you know, if it or or at least kind of allowing the guide to understand what it is that you want to do. And, and for example, you are a hundred percent fly guy. You don't care about throwing at a bonefish. You don't care about throwing at a tarpon. You don't care if there's a hundred of them around the boat. All you want to do is permit fish. Okay. Well, if he knows that then, then, and he's on the same page then that's probably a good match for you, but you could also have another guy that's like, look, man, I'm not really that great of a fly fisherman. If if the fishing's great, I wouldn't mind giving it a try. But my goal for this trip is just to catch a permit. And I don't care how we do it. I'll throw live bait. I'll throw jigs. I'll throw whatever. That's what I want to do. And, you know, there's some guides that could open up some opportunities for you that um, they don't even own a fly rod. And they're like, well, I catch mm-hmm. plenty of permit. And this is... Uh, you know, I do it out of a bay boat and we're going to throw live crabs and I'm not going to guarantee you're going to catch one, but I will guarantee you that we're going to get in the right situation and, mm-hmm. um, and get your, and get your shots. Yeah. Right. But you know, a lot of that's, it's, it's so much communication and, and the communication has to come from both. I mean, like you're talking about it being this, this, this dance between the guide and the angler while you're on the boat, but there's also this kind of dance that goes, goes on in booking the trip and talking and making sure that each one of you understand kind of what you're looking for. And the guide understands mm-hmm. what a successful trip is going to look like to this guy. And do you really feel like you can provide that or should you suggest a different time of the year? And that's what a lot of, you know, anglers will, will call and they have this one week and they want to do this one thing. And that may come at a time when it's not, great for that one thing. Like if you only want to fly fish for permit and your only week that you can come is in January, well, you just have to kind of understand that that's not the best time and it may happen or it may not. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if sometimes people have the flexibility and they're like, I really want to catch a permit and they call several guides and talk to them and they're like, just tell me when I would have my best opportunity. I can come any time of the year. You tell me when my best opportunity would be. And if somebody lays it out to you like that, you're like, and you'll, you'll throw a crab. Oh yeah. I'll throw a crab. I'm pretty good with a spinning rod. Yeah. When's the best time. Now that's a totally different answer. You're like, okay, yeah. well, I see a lot of permit around in the, in the summer. You're not going to get weathered out unless it's a hurricane. So I'm suggesting, you know, June or July or something like that. And that's a real different answer. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it's really nice when someone, has that, you know, that freedom in their schedule to kind of, to kind of say, you know, just tell me when, when I should come down. Um, because just like any species, you know, there's, there's definitely certain times that you can kind of say are going to be a little bit better than others. Um, like, like you talked about, you know, that June, June, July, August stuff is just, you know, it's, it's got a special place in my heart for permit fishing down here in the keys. All right. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, um, you got anything else you want to, you want to add to the permit discussion for the kind of an overview? Um, no, I mean, I pretty much just, you know, come down and, and see what, what the, what the craze is all about. Um, if, if you really want to challenge yourself as an angler, 
uh, it's a great fish to kind of come down and get caught up on a little bit. Um, but, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's a blast. If you're into sight fishing, it's, um, I mean, Tom, you, you, you and I both, both love it. And we say, yeah, it's our favorite thing to do. And, and there, there is a reason for that. It's, it, it's, it's a rush. Yeah, it, really is, it is. But, uh, it's awesome, man. I love, I love the permit. And, um, if I, if I could only fish for one of them, that would, that would be it. Well, Nick, uh, tell them how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in doing a little permit fishing or, or any of the kind of fishing that you're doing down in Key West. Um, yeah, so you can check out the website, uh, tailingwaterexpeditions.com. I have a lot of information on there. Um, a lot of stuff we talked about too, like, um, what, you know, better times of year and what to expect when you're coming down and stuff like that. And uh, feel free to just, you know, give me an email or give me a call and uh, help uh, answer any questions you got. Right on, man. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. For the most part, I feel like we're exactly on the same page, but you definitely you definitely brought brought a little more to the conversation. I appreciate it, man. People, people yeah, get a lot out of me, it. Thanks for having me, Tom. I really appreciate it as well. You're welcome, bud. All right. I'll be down there to fish with you sometime soon. And uh, Bring it for on. everybody else, for everybody <laughs> else, we'll see you next week. All right. See you, man. See you. You'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.